Oklahoma fans, Longhorn Nation, welcome to episode six of the Boomer Bebo podcast, the only podcast exclusively dedicated to covering the greatest rivalry in college football, the University of Oklahoma and the University of Texas. Kevin, episode six, are you fired up? Man, I'm ready. Let's do it. Um, just a quick recap of episodes. We've discussed the coaches. We've discussed our favorite games. We've had a couple special episodes because our schools are so awesome at softball and baseball. Correct. Um, and tonight we are going to be talking quarterbacks, the most important position on the field. And we're talking current quarterbacks. We're not looking retro. Yeah, quarterback preview of this upcoming season. Preview of this upcoming season. Um, and I'm excited about it. I'm excited because we both have brand new quarterbacks to yeah. our program. And I think it's going to be a really fascinating watch for both teams to see how it works. But before we get started, it's important that we note our title sponsor, Brown O'Haver. Kevin works for Brown O'Haver. I work for Brown O'Haver. We are public insurance adjusters. We work for the insured, not the insurance company. If you've had a loss, you hire us, we get you more money, and we get it more quickly. Some people are often concerned about pissing off the insurance company or pissing off their contractor or pissing off their agent or whatever. Kevin, gas is like six bucks a gallon right now. Yes, don't hold back on the insurance company. Let us handle them. What, Kev, are, they, are they? Is the insurance company's feelings going to get hurt if somebody hires us? Probably so. Why? Because they know they're going to have to actually pay. That see, that's the point. This is like a horns down upset type situation. Like people, oh, I don't want to upset them. I don't want to put the horns down. Well, nobody cares. The insurance company doesn't care. They're only going to be mad at you because they have to pay out more money. Exactly. If you're out there listening, if you've had a loss in Oklahoma or Texas, we support Texas. We're licensed in the great state of Texas. Yeah. Give us a call. 405-735-5510. Check us out on Facebook at Brown O'Haver. Let's get you paid. Let us get you paid. Listen, we will get you paid, and then you can become a donor at UT and start micromanaging the football game. Yes. The football team. You got to write a big check, though. Got to write a big check for that. Well, we get pretty big checks for our clients. All right. We do. That we do. Um, Quarterbacks. Kevin, who's – before we get started, just real quick, who's your favorite quarterback ever? Vince Young. That's probably too easy. Who's your second favorite quarterback uh, Colt McCoy. Yeah, he doesn't get hurt. Y'all win the national championship. I think so. Um, favorite quarterback is Baker Mayfield. Okay. Second favorite quarterback is Josh Heupel. For me, wins a national champion. Okay, I was expecting to hear Sam Bradford. Honestly, it is close. Yeah, it is close. But all that to be said, I'm still taking Kyler Murray if I have one game. He but is. he's not my favorite. Understandable. He's not the most endearing character. The question was, who was your favorite, not who was the best? But, you know, it's hard. Baker Baker did some dumb stuff, but he was my favorite quarterback. He was just so fun. I get why you guys like him. Yeah. For, those, for every reason we like him, is that every reason you hate him? Absolutely. Yeah. He loves it. Except, he his, ta- except his talent, though. I mean, he... 
he's a baller. I mean, he's a historically good college football quarterback. So let me just say that. So I'm not taking anything away from his skills. I respect his story, too, going from a walk-on to winning the Heisman and being the number one pick in the draft. Betting on himself, much respect. It's just something about his personality that you know drives opposing fans kind of crazy. Colt McCoy falls into that category too. Lifelong Texas yeah. fan. Um, now, how highly rated was McCoy? He was a three-star quarterback, just like. Think about Mitch. that. Yeah. Uh huh. Think about he was, that. He was supposed to be Ryan Perilou's backup. That's when he committed to Texas. We all saw him as Ryan Perilou's backup quarterback in the future. He was a deaf guy. That was it. I, something has. I mean, the the coaches have to just marvel at the fact that there's those players out there yeah, um, that are just ball players. I mean, you know, Baker, whatever you want to say about the NFL, that's fine. I mean, I will still contend they're the Cleveland Browns, so you got to play off winning. His NFL story is still being written. I I, I haven't written him off completely in the NFL yet. in college, Colt McCoy and Baker Mayfield are standout examples of just ball players. Just make the next play in front of you. And do what it takes for your team to win, type stuff. It's mm-hmm. it's fascinating. Uh, you know, I don't think Bradford was that highly recruited either. No, uh, three star also. Uh, Heupel, obviously, junior college guy. I mean, Vince Young. He was a top player in the country. He was yeah. a number one player in the country class of two thousand. Sometimes, sometimes talent wins out. Same thing with Connor Murray. Sometimes talent yeah. just wins out. Look, don't get me wrong. If we can sign the five star, uh, we'll we'll take it. But uh, I I think something's got to be said. All right, well let's. That kind of gets us where our biases come from and how the lenses that we're going to look at is both both schools have had some decent quarterbacks, us more recently than you guys, but still. For sure. Uh, let's start with Texas. Okay. Give me the landscape. Uh, start, start with what happened with Casey Thompson because he was your quarterback last year. And then and then bring us bring us into what's going to be happening this summer and into the fall. Yeah, well, you know, Casey Thompson finally got his opportunity to start. It was his fourth year on campus. Last year, you know, I thought he did a good job. Remember, he didn't win the job to begin the season. Hudson Carr actually won the job, who we'll get to. But, you know, Hudson just wasn't ready. He just wasn't ready to play yet, mentally. Physically, he's very talented. If you look at him, Casey Thompson and Hudson Carr, you watch him practice, he would say Hudson Carr is a more talented player. But once the lights came on, it was clear that Hudson just wasn't ready yet as a redshirt freshman. Casey takes over after the Arkansas game, has a good season, puts up some pretty good numbers, gets injured in the fourth quarter of the Red River Shootout. We talked about that in the last episode. So never was the same for the rest of the season. Once the season's over, they start publicly recruiting another quarterback who's a transfer who will also get to Quinn Ewers. And Casey decides to transfer to Nebraska. So what year What year will he be at Nebraska? He'll be a senior this year. He'll be a fifth-year senior. So his last year of eligibility. Yeah. Now, you know, the whole COVID year thing, I don't know if that still counts, so he could have to, but I expect this to be his last year of college football. You know, that's, that's a really interesting point, and I'm glad we have this platform to be able to kind of expand a little more on that than maybe you, you can on other, other platforms. But the transfer – portal obviously has just created the dynamic 
And is, is Sarkeesian at fault for losing Casey Thompson? Is just this is this just the nature of the beast? Because you got Quinn Ewers coming in, you'd still think that that would be okay. One year behind Casey Thompson, then he plays. Was he just ready to move on? I, what was that dynamic like? And is Sarkeesian and and Texas fan happy with where you're at right now? Okay with losing Casey Thompson? You know, walk me through what that what that was like when that all went down. Well, I think everybody wanted Casey, would have preferred Casey Thompson to stay. I think he was very popular in Austin. I think he was popular amongst his teammates. But I think Sark said that, you know, he wanted the team to continue to get better. He was always going to bring in the best talent that was available, kind of like this, the Nick Saban model. You know, you always bring in the best players. And I think, though, maybe Casey Thompson thought that Sark didn't have his back enough in dealing with the injury. So I think between that and the recruitment of Quinn Ewers, he just decided it'd probably be best for him to play elsewhere than, you know, he definitely didn't want to be a backup quarterback his senior year. Uh, Casey Thompson, former, our son of former OU quarterback, Charles Thompson, yes. who may be one of the best wishbone quarterbacks of all time. He was fantastic. Yeah. He was fantastic. Um, uh, his dad, Charles Thompson, would sit at midcourt of junior high basketball games where his son Kendall and Casey would play and would harangue officials like me unendingly. Like it was the end of the world. Like it was an NBA Finals and he was uh, Spike Lee. Like it was nonstop. found the treatment of officials by parents in youth sports to be just Every video they've ever done about a how a parent should not act at a youth sport sporting event uh, could be centered on how Charles Thompson acted at his son's middle school basketball games, which meant nothing. If you're a good basketball player, middle school basketball means nothing. You're on a travel team. You're playing real no. basketball every weekend. That's just a way to stay in shape and to have fun with your friends or whatever. Like, yeah, nobody cares. Nobody cares. No. Uh, except for Charles Thompson cared greatly. Um, but it's always interesting to me, the ties between our schools, how. You know, and I just wondered what that was like for him, you know, in Texas, I think was the best offer he had coming out of high school. Um, Lincoln, I think, preferred Tanner Mordecai coming out of high school over um, over Casey. And I think he had North Carolina and Miami, maybe. So I think he clicked with uh, Tom Herman. Yeah. So I just wonder what that what that's like, you know, to, to go to your the arch rival of the school that you grew up rooting for, you know, and, and for him stepping out on that Cotton Bowl field as a starting quarterback, I, I just can't imagine what that felt like for him and his entire family. It was yeah. very fascinating to see. Uh, okay, so. Casey Thompson is not in Nebraska, so he's in, he's in essence dead to y'all, which makes sense. Uh, give me give me the is is there a quarterback battle right now, or is there a definite one two? And no, tell there, me what, there, there's a quarterback battle. There is. Okay, who who between? Okay, we talked about Hudson Card earlier. Okay, again, he's a third year sophomore. From Austin, Lake Travis High School, same high school that produced Baker Mayfield, who we just talked about. 
And then Quinn Ewers, transfer from Ohio State. Um, Quinn Ewers, he was a five-star guy, number one player in the country, initially in the class of 2022. Okay. Okay. He commits to Texas after his sophomore year in high school. Okay. Things started to fall apart with Tom Herman. He decommits. Ohio State was really recruiting him hard. He decommits from Texas, flips to Ohio State. Then once they passed the whole NIL deal, when players were able to profit on their name, image, and likeness, he decides to reclassify to the class of 2021. And become the poster child for NIL. Yes, correct. Signs with Ohio State after his junior year in high school. So he's, he's there in Columbus on the team last year. He's buried on the depth chart. but So he's already spent a year in a college program. He's third string, though, behind C.J. Stroud, who had an amazing year, and then Kyle McCord, who's also a very talented quarterback. So once the season was over, he decides to transfer. Texas, of course, is all over it. He ends up coming back to Texas, where he originally committed to play a couple years prior. Who did he sign that million-dollar deal with? Because I have no idea. It was a million-dollar deal. Apparently it was. Supposedly it was a a million-dollar NIL deal. I'm not sure who it was with, if it was some kind of car dealership or, or what it was. I have no idea. It, it's it's deals like that that I hope uh, get some of these boosters and businesses to reassess how they handle NIL. Because okay. there was no reason an Ohio State booster should have paid that kid. And I'm not saying a booster. I'm not saying cheating or I mean, whatever. I don't care. Yeah. You know, but you know what I'm saying? Somebody came yeah. up with a million dollars. To pay yeah, what ended up being a third string quarterback that got no plays or one attempt? He played no, I don't think he had any attempts. He I think he had a couple of handoffs in one appearance. What make what makes a what makes a company or an individual want to do that? Like I, I get loving the team, I get homerism, yeah. I, I get boosters all of love it. Uh, boosters love uh, paying players. You know, we've been seeing it since the eighties with the whole SMU thing, right? Boosters love to pay the players. Yeah, but usually they would have cost a million. But usually they play good players like Eric Dickerson. Yeah. I mean, Eric Dickerson deserved yeah. to get paid. Correct. Quinn Ewers had not earned his million dollars yet. No, but hey, I mean, you're worth what somebody decides to pay you, right? Whatever someone's willing to pay. No, you, you. can't. Bl- no, you can't blame the kid. You can't blame yeah. the kid. You take the money. Exactly. I tell my kid to take the money. Yeah. yeah. Uh, who do you want to be your starting quarterback? You know, um, no, 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 no. No, when yours. Yeah, yeah, he's a more talented guy. I think Hudson Card is a very talented player. He's athletic. He's got a good arm. But, I mean, we're talking about a kid who was a number one player overall in the entire country at quarterback. It's the type of talent Texas hasn't had at quarterback really since Vince Young. Now, I'm not saying he's Vince Young to different skill sets, but that's the last time that Texas signed the number one player overall in the country was you know, Vince Young way back in the class of 2002. So you take guys like that, any chance you can get them. Okay, that's who you want. And who do you think will be the starter? I think Quinn Ewers will be the starter. Will Hudson Card transfer? Well, you know, I don't know if he will. And Sark is actually already setting up the groundwork to try to keep both players no matter who wins the job. During his signing day press conference, he mentioned how when he was at USC – how they had on the same team in the same quarterback room, 
They had Carson Palmer. They had Matt Leinart. And they had Matt Castle. And how they developed Matt Castle, even though he never started a game at USC, never started a game in college, was still a seventh-round pick, ended up having, what, a 13, 14-year NFL career. Oh, yeah. He brought that up in his press conference. And I know he's already trying to lay the groundwork to say, hey, you know, even if you don't win the job, stay here. We can still develop you to reach your long-term goals as a quarterback. I don't think – that's a Kevin, that's a cute story. But that wasn't transfer portal, NIL, got a play Agreed. era. But I you mean, know that's that... what he was going for. You know, that's what he's trying to do here. I don't think it's going to work. I don't think whoever loses a job transfers this year. I think if Quinn Ewers wins a job, I think Hudson Carr stays this year, then he transfers out. He'll still have two to three years of eligibility anyway. Who's your uh, Who's your quarterback in the wings that either you're recruiting or it's already on campus? Okay. They've got a kid, Malik Murphy, who's also a true freshman this year. He's a six foot five, strong arm kid out of Southern California. He's a bit of a developmental guy. He's got some talent, some ability, but it's going to take a couple years for him to be ready to play. And of course, they're recruiting Arch Manning, who is the nephew of Peyton and Eli Manning, grandson of Archie Manning. He's Cooper Manning's son. Have you heard the 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 uh, the take that he's not even the best quarterback in that class? I have, and it's hard to say because he he doesn't do the camps like most quarterbacks do. And that's where they really test. Well, isn't the Elite he, 11 camp his – isn't that his uncle's camp? No, they do the uh, Manning Passing Academy. Oh, that's right. Yeah, you're right. You're yeah. right. So I don't know. He, will he be in the Elite 11 this year? I don't know if he's going to. He just hasn't done a lot of camp. So really all you have to go by is his game film and he's playing for small school in, in New Orleans, private school. So he's not playing against Elite Louisiana competition. Well, but some of those private schools in Louisiana do pretty good. Some of them do, but it's not the consistent, you know, competition that you get mostly playing public school ball in Louisiana. I would love nothing more than Arch Manning to go to Texas and play uh, up to the level of Chris Sims. You know, that would be I've heard that comparison. I've heard that comparison, right? So, I mean, we'll just have to see. I mean, every recruiting service has him as a top quarterback in the country. So we'll just have to see. He's coming down from what I hear. He visited Georgia two weeks ago. He was in Tuscaloosa this past weekend, and he'll be in Austin this weekend for his official visit. So um, so October 8th, 2022, who steps onto the field for Texas as a quarterback? Oh, Quinn Ewers. Quinn Ewers. Yeah. Okay. And let's talk about who he's going to face, the University of Oklahoma. So we also had a pretty good performing quarterback. We had two high performing quarterbacks last year, or we're supposed to be high performing quarterbacks. Uh, Spencer Rattler started the 2021 season as the Heisman front runner was supposed to be leading Oklahoma to its eighth national championship or at a minimum playing for it. Um, he made it to halftime of the Texas series where he was then replaced with Caleb Williams. In the last episode, we talked a lot about Caleb Williams's performance in that, in that game. I, I made the comments about how I didn't think he was a systematic quarterback that really broke down the defense, but just kind of depended on the, on the hard, on the 
big play, the momentum breaking play, which I still hold to that argument, especially in the Texas game. But when we look at his stats last year, he was 64 and a half percent completion percentage, 21 touchdowns against four interceptions with a passer rating of 169.6. Caleb Williams was a pretty good quarterback. Oh, we, are losing, yeah. we are losing a pretty good quarterback. This is No, he is a special, special talent. And to have the kind of intangibles he had, I mean, that play against Kansas. Unbelievable. <laughs> to, to rip the ball out of his own running back's hands and get the first down. You realize that we were this close to having Oklahoma and Texas lose to Kansas in the same season? What? Kansas announced on, like, their university-wide communication system to make it to the stadium – Admission is free in the second half. Show up and watch Kansas beat Oklahoma. I, it's just, but so that, but that, that's kind of my point though, right? Yeah. It's like, so if he's so good and he's this amazing player, why are you, why does he even have to make that play against Kansas? Why does that even have to be a thing? It's freaking Kansas, Kevin. Well, I, I can't talk. I mean, no, I know. You neither one of us can talk. <laughs> yeah. No, neither one of us can talk because it's right. And so it's Kansas, yeah. It's just really frustrating because as an OU fan, the hype I think is real on Caleb Williams, or you know, for us was real, now is real at USC. I think that hype is real. But there's something missing. I don't know if it was Lincoln Riley's offense. If it was offensive line, if it was play calling, if it was the positions he put him in, if his, I mean, we talk about his decision-making. I, I don't know that it was that bad. Only four interceptions no, you know, against 21 touchdowns. I don't know that yeah. it's the worst, but I, I don't know. Do I, am I just reading too much into a dude's true freshman first year? I think he, again, he's a first year player. Uh, if you can get that kind of play out of a true freshman quarterback, you'll take it every time. Because those intangible, you can't teach those kind of things. How good is he going to be at USC? Oh, I think he's going to be great. Heisman yeah. level great? Yes. You think he's, you think he's yeah, sitting think on so. it? You think in at least in the next two years he's sitting at the uh, he's sitting in New York? I do. They're going to have to get really good with their offensive line. Yeah, absolutely. But now you know you have the transfer portal now, and that's kind of the. <laughs> Such a huge yeah. X factor in this. You can bring in guys who have been two year starters at other programs, even good programs. Bring them in; they're ready to play. I think we're going to get to the point where coaches, especially at big time programs, are going to start bringing in more guys from the transfer portal than high school recruits. Well, it makes it, and you're seeing it at basketball now, right? Yeah. You're seeing it with Porter Mosier here at Oklahoma, where the transfer portal is a more important recruiting opportunity than than anything at the high school level because now you can recruit players that have played good competition yeah that have have shown another year or two and instead of recruiting depth you're recruiting starters exactly you're recruiting day one players they're ready to go i mean um jordan addison the receiver that is transferring from pitt to usc I mean, he won the Belitnikov last year. This oh, guy's an Odell Beckham clone. And now okay. USC, he's going to be catching passes from Caleb Williams. And look, you know how I feel about Marvin Mims, right? I think he's a great player. But Addison is a better player than Marvin Mims is. 
you know, and that's going to be his number one receiver. Do you think that jump. he'll actually throw it to him? That that Lincoln Riley might actually engage him. I think he will. I hope. So. Well, I don't hope so. I hope he doesn't. I hope he does the same crap he did to Marvin Mims. He's number one guy. He's number he's, one all the way. Forget he's even on the field. All right. So Caleb Stop Williams it. is Caleb Willett, Lincoln Riley leaves. He takes Caleb Williams with him, although that recruitment was the weird. It wasn't that so weird. And then he shows up on yeah. Good Morning America with Robin Rock. What a weirdo with the painted nails. <laughs> what do you love about California? I like the shopping. You like the the shopping. That's that's who their starting quarterback is. So we uh, hired Brent Venables, which we've talked a little bit about. O- Oklahoma fan is incredibly excited. And from day one, it was Jeff Levy as the offensive coordinator potentially coming with him. Obviously ended up to to be true. Jeff Levy started as a graduate assistant in Oklahoma, worked under Art Bryles at Baylor, worked with Josh Heupel at Florida or UCF, and most recently with Lane Kiffin at Mississippi, and brings his guy in, Dylan Gabriel. Didn't play a lot last year. Um, but had nine touchdowns against three interceptions last year. His best year was 2020, where he has 32 touchdowns against four interceptions. And then in 2019, 29 touchdowns, seven interceptions. Um, Good, very good stat line. Looks like we're getting a lot of efficiency. The quarterback battle is closed. They, They closed it off early. They said, this is our guy. This is who we're going with. I think initially Oklahoma fan was super fired up. And I think a lot of that was we're fired up because we're trying to build ourselves up a little bit. If that makes sense. It does. Like we're, I don't, I won't call it false confidence, but we're projecting confidence because we have to as a self-defense mechanism. Um, Because we don't want to think about the loss of Caleb Williams. But it's, he's not the same player. I'm, he isn't. No, I, I, no, I don't think you're wrong about that at all. But, so, does, uh, dispassionate observer, Texas fan, looking at Dylan Gabriel, knowing what he did at UCF, knowing what he did with Jeff Levy, what does Texas fan think of Dylan Gabriel's opportunity at Oklahoma? You know, I think he was the right guy to bring in to lead this team this year. I mean, to get a guy who knows the system that you're going to be running who has experience. We talked about this thing with the transfer portal. Obviously, oh, you fan knows all about this. You know, you got two Heisman winners who were transfers, right? And a a second place winner. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So you get a guy who knows the system. And look, I like the way he moves. They roll him out of the pocket. I watched the spring game. And he's very accurate on the run. So I think they're going to incorporate a lot of that into the offense. Now, from a talent standpoint, he is a step below what OU fan has gotten used to seeing with, I mean, Caleb Williams, five-star guy, Spencer Rattler was a five-star guy. Jalen Hurts was in a very experienced transfer. And then of course, Kyler and Baker before him. So it's a little bit of a drop off from there, but no, I think, like I said, he's very accurate. We'll just see, I'm curious to see how he plays in the bigger games on the schedule because he'll play some teams here, you know, on your schedule this year that are a little bit different than what he's used to facing. 
yeah, playing in the American Conference. Not the not the strongest schedule that that Oklahoma. I mean, obviously on paper it's a it's a weak schedule, but having to go to Nebraska for a first yeah. time quarterback, um, ha- having to go obviously to Texas, which you know the Cotton Bowl, which is going to be tough for both guys. <laughs> but yeah, both quarterbacks are going to struggle at moments. Um. Give me some – you were telling me a little bit about Jeff Levy's offense and what he took from Baylor and what he's incorporated. What What is OU fan looking at? Uh, what's our expect? What should our expectations be for how that offense looks and how does it compare and contrast with what Lincoln Riley ran for the last five years? Well, you know, Lincoln Riley, everything was kind of based on that counterplay where they kind of bring two pulling linemen around. And what Lincoln was so good at – is was running the counter and then using it to run a play action. So he's pulling linemen so it looks like a run. Everybody crashes in, and the next thing you know, there's a tight end or, you know, wide receiver on a deep post wide open. You know, they do something a little bit similar. It's not really a counter, but they run – it's like an inside power play. That's the okay. bread and butter of their running game. Um, Texas, if you remember in 2016 um, with Deontay Foreman, they ran a, a very similar offense that year. Deontay Foreman ran for 2,000 yards with it, and it leads to wide-open receivers down the field, either on deep crosses or just straight go routes on the, for the outside receivers. So if you run it right, there's just a lot of chances to score a lot of points really quickly. Is this is this is it is it basically the Art Bryles offense? Is that what we're seeing? I would expect it to be. Now he might you know incorporate some of the things he picked up from uh, from Lane Kiffin. Also, but I expect to see a lot of the Browns offense. In does Lane we, does does Lane Kiffin even coach his team at Mississippi, or is he literally he on the offense? But is he literally on Twitter all the time? You know, look, he loves to recruit and he loves to put himself out there. You know, he likes being a celebrity. They fired Hugh Freeze, who was the grossest dude in college football. Yeah. Um. For so many reasons, like it's one thing to have you know prostitutes lined up or whatever, but to not have a, a second phone, like what are you like? Come on, bro. Yeah, and then I mean, you turn around. Shady recruiting too. <laughs> yeah, dude. There was no reason why Mississippi should have had those recruiting classes. They, they signed had. three five stars in one year. I mean, and did and did nothing with. I mean, they had like a nine I mean, and three year. I guess they went. Did they go to the Peach Bowl one year? Yeah, there was a yeah Sugar Bowl one year. I think they beat Oklahoma State one year, but. Whatever. Larry um, Tunsil and Robert Kimdichie and Laquan Treadwell. I mean, three five stars in one class. And At then they replace him with skeezy's not the right word, but what's yeah. a, what? What do you describe Lane Kiven? I don't, I don't know how to describe him, but he's he's a unique guy for sure. He's an enigma, man. He is yeah. such a freaking weirdo, and he, is. he he was he got run out of USC. Fired on the tarmac. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, like, no, you're not getting on the plane. It makes you wonder, Is was Pete Carroll just that good that he could survive around those guys that were just terrible dudes all, all around? Must have been. You know what, Pete Carroll, can you coach football? Well, apparently you know, he can. Apparently he can. Pete Carroll can. I hate Pete Carroll. He's a great coach, though. Man, he was good. Um, I'm excited about this quarterback I think it gives both schools really good storylines, really good things to watch. 
Um, I can't imagine Oklahoma is going to have the same drama it had last year. Nothing I think will match that for a while. Uh, yeah. But for for Oklahoma, I feel like we've got the safer option. Like Fair I think, we, yeah, I I think yeah. yeah, I think we know what we're going to get, and if we can get that production plus a run game plus an improvement in defense, we're going to be fine. Y'all, I think you have more upside and downside, right? I, I just yeah, I completely agree. Yeah, I, it's going to be interesting. Um, it's going to be interesting to watch, and I, I'm just—I ex- mean, this is what I love about college football, right? I mean, it's this yeah. is the this is the battle between you know you've got the seasoned vet versus the you know the young buck and yeah. uh, the mind of Sarkeesian versus the defense of Venables, and I don't know, man. I I just think that this year is shaping up to be really special, at least for these two schools to see where where the future is going to go. I mean, two brand new quarterbacks, uh, second year coach for y'all, first year coach for us. Um, I don't know. I, I can't wait. I can't wait to see what's going to happen. What do you um, have behind him? What do you have behind Gabriel? If Gabriel were to get injured, something. who do you think is next up? Well, who, is it Nick Evers? Is that the quarterback from the- – Nick Evers is a freshman, yeah, um, from uh, Fire I, I think I, he. I think he's your backup. I think he's number two. Okay. Yeah, I think he's – He's really your- talented, late flip from Florida. So that's a great uh, steal from uh, Levy and Venables there, getting him away from Florida. Uh, right before signing day. Well, I mean, I think it helped that they fired. You know, well, did they? They didn't fire the Florida. Yeah, they did. They fired the Florida coach, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh-huh. Dan Mullen, what a douche! Holy crap! Yeah, didn't like to recruit. You no, know, you're in the SEC, right? And he liked and he liked to gripe about stuff. He liked to gripe yeah. about having to play a bowl game. It's like, oh well, I mean, our JV played in the Cotton Bowl, but whatever, man. You're yeah. in Florida. They got, bro. they got ran. They just got ran. Yeah, the, receiver, the receivers that played weren't the ones playing defense. The yeah. receivers that didn't play, I get it. Hey, that that tight end they had was special that oh, year. Kyle Pitts, amazing. But he wasn't out there playing safety for him. Yeah. Who Spencer Rattler just abused that day. Um, Dan Mullen, what? Where'd he end up? Is he coaching anywhere right now? Not that I know of. He'll probably end up on AM staff as an analyst or something like that. Or Alabama staff. That's that's a Nick Saban move right there. Yeah, you know Oklahoma's trending that way with more analysts. We've Why loaded not? up. The, well, yeah. Lincoln Riley yeah. wasn't doing it. I don't know if that was part of Tom Herman yeah. wasn't either. So, do you think that's part of Venables and Sarkeesian's um, requirements for taking the job? Was that they had to open up the purse strings for analysts and things like that? You would hope so. I mean, the money's there, right? I mean, it's Texas and Oklahoma. Well, and I don't even think they pay them all that much. No. I, I don't think those analysts oh, yeah. make a tremendous amount of money. Yeah, especially the ones who are former head coaches. You know, they've got money stashed away. Charlie oh. Strong, I mean, yeah. you know, these guys like that, that, you know, Mike Stoops, who was on at Alabama as an analyst. Yeah. Um, Kevin, I think our next episode, we're going to be focusing on some recruiting. Yes. That's going to fall heavily on you. You are the recruiting expert. Something like that. I mean, I do follow it. I do keep so, up with it. So get ready. You got to break it down for both Oklahoma Let's fan and Texas fan. I will only yeah. be here to add witty banter to accompany your genius. Yeah, there are some great players coming in. We could talk about last year's signing class, some of the freshmen that are on campus and who we expect to play early, and then who the schools are looking at to bring in for uh, the class of 2023 and beyond. I love it. Hey, listeners, Texas fan. 
Oklahoma fan, another another good episode, I hope. Uh, if you like it, share it. Um, like it on YouTube. Like it wherever you listen. A big shout out to the ref, 1400 in Norman, 94.7. They put us on their Podomatic page. So uh, yet another avenue to find the Boomer Bebo podcast. And um, my man Perry Spencer hooking us up, and I appreciate that very much. Yeah. And um, Kevin, where else can they find us? You can find us, of course, like I said, on YouTube, where you're probably watching this now. You can also get us on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, and Stitcher as well. And um, I'm just excited. Hopefully, when you're watching this, Oklahoma is playing Texas in the winner's bracket of the College World Series. That's what, that's what the fun. big win is. That would be fun. Let's do it. Let's one of us get another natty. Let's one of us get another natty. It will add golf. And what else did y'all win? Y'all won golf and? Um, golf and what tennis and rowing and track and field. It's been a few so far. Hey, we got gymnastics and softball. I'll take another one. Yeah. I'll take another one. Let's Keep go. Trophies. Let's do it. All right. Hey, Boomer Sooner. Hook them. <laughs>